Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 120. I'm Evan Addison. And I'm Liz Addison. And we're watching all the horror movies currently available for streaming on the internet. So you don't have to. This week we're pivoting and covering the Netflix reality show, The Circle. <laughs> for a second I was like, why are we pivoting? <laughs> we're not doing that, even though it is a horror show. We are not doing that. But we are talking about Circle on Netflix. Evan is obsessed with The Circle on Netflix. I'm making my way through it. <laughs> I am not obsessed with it. <laughs> but like, well, we both did watch Circle 2015 on Netflix. on Netflix, which is not a reality show and is in fact a horror movie. Well, some might say that it's a horror movie. Some might say that it is not. Some might say that it's a shitty episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> not even The Twilight Zone. Directed and written by Aaron Hahn and Mario Mischioni. This film came out in 2015, and I would not recommend that you watch it. Liz, would you? No, I mean, no, I didn't mind it, honestly. I really didn't. I had a pretty mid-leaning, very, very, very slightly positive experience watching this. But I think because it's so, it's pretty dumb. I had like a, like a, you know, it was just enough to... Trigger your, like, dumb, like, I like yeah, dumb horror. Yeah, dumb yeah. horror and dumb, um, like, 11th grade philosophy class kind of feel. I just think that, like... We should talk about Yes, I'm 32 years way. old, but at the same time, like, sometimes it's nice to be like, aw, that, that's just, that's like, the, this is like the most basic level of discourse. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, I knew exactly what you mean. <laughs> Should we talk about what this movie is about? Yeah, probably. Because then people will understand. Yeah, the plot because there is no plot. There are some things that happen, and we'll talk about them. Yeah, this is not a film. It's a it's a philosophy. It's debate. a philosophy debate argument, and at a very 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 basic level. And it's the I'll I'll save my editorializing. <laughs> so, how many people do you know? Fifty. Fifty people wake up in a room. They mm -hmm. are standing in a circle. It's the circle from yep. the title. They're in like two concentric circles. Well, not concentric. Two, one circle inside of a larger circle. Yes. Standing around an camera orb Yeah, thing? It, it looks like, um, you Hal know. Hal 9000. It does look like Hal and like those, um, like an upside down version of those security cameras that are just big black orbs with like yeah. red on the inside. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, they're all standing up. And in a circle, and every two minutes, one of them dies. Well, what, what, if they try to step out of the circle, they die. If they try to touch the person next to them, they die. And also, every two minutes, every two dies. minutes, somebody has to die. Either it will be someone randomly selected by the machine, or they can all vote using their hands and like closing their fists. That's how they vote they, to kill each other. They use their, they move their hands left and right. They tilt it in order to move. Like their arrow, arrow yeah. that only they can see to vote for who should be zapped to death. Yes. And you can't vote for yourself. And they try many times to like, everybody vote for the person to your left so that everybody gets one vote. And like, they keep trying to like outdo, you know, they figure it out pretty quickly what's going on. And they keep trying to like outsmart the system by being like, if we make it so that there's a tie, then yeah. nobody will die. If we make it so that everybody gets one vote no, and it never works, if, if they tie, then somebody gets randomly selected. So what they end up doing and what the movie is, is debating who should be killed next. Yes. It is a 
90-minute conversation mm-hmm. between a bunch of people standing in a circle about the ethics and the logistics of who should we vote for, whose lives are more valuable. Like, for example, early on, there's this kid who says that, like, oh, well, let's just do old people. They have the least amount of time yeah, remaining. They've lived the longest lives so far. Yeah, Actuary bullshit. Which is like, the, yeah, it's, it's, it is the same conversation that I had in 11th grade, you know, whatever, psychology or philosophy class, where it's like, if you could start over society or civilization, who would you want to do it? Would you pick the old people because they have the most experience? Would you pick the young people because they can further, like you know, the society? Would you pick people who are smart, who went to college? Would you pick people who, I mean, if you go you know, further back, et cetera. this is what the giver's about, is what value do old people have to society? Yeah. You know, like... There is a really funny... This is, again, I'm sorry to, like, I will probably end up having things I like about this movie. I do think that in general it's pretty stupid, but there were things that made me laugh. Um, one of the things early on that happens is, like, they've got a pretty good age range they only have one child and they have one pregnant woman that's like very key for later um but other than that they have a good range of like old people middle-aged people young people there's just kind of a big jump from like there's like a 20 year old and a 19 year old and then a 16 year old and like a five or six year old right you think that's all that sure. girl is young child where are you going with this um so they they're like they decide to kill all of like the 70 to 80 year old people and then there's this woman and they're like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 52. And they're like, well, then that's the young people are like, that's fine. Kill her too. She's she's part of the old cohort. But then all the middle-aged people are like, wait a second. No. <laughs> 50, 50 and 80 is really different. And the 20-year-olds are like, no, it's not. And I just think that's very funny. I think that's like a very universal thing that happens is that when you're 20, you're like everybody above 40 is old. And then when you're 40, you're like, no, the difference between me and a 60-year-old is massive. The difference between a 60-year-old and an 80-year-old is massive. I just think that it was a very funny thing to kind of land on very early that the 20-year-olds were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone above 40, they're all, you're all ancient, motley, you know, old, like, kill everybody. But you thought that was funny. I thought it was dumb. I think it's funny. I think it's true. It's it, It's a truism that I was, like, glad to see present in this movie. So it's profound. That, what this movie has to say about life. I'm telling you, I, I get, I mean, like, I think that's, I think it's funny. I think it's true. I really dislike this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the point of the movie is that they all need to learn more about each other and understand each other so that then it'll make sense why they're here and why they're in this position. They think that that's true. No, they never, they never figure it out. Just like life. Wow. I hate this movie. I know. I don't like, do you want to talk about it? Do you want me to just talk about it? I can monologue about it if you want. You don't have to participate. We can try. Do you want to try monologuing just for fun? Just to sure. See let's, like... see, let's see how far I can go. Um, so yeah, I think that what what this is based off of is 12 Angry Men, which I think is another reason that I like it because I like 12 Angry Men. I think that there's like points where it's like, yes, if this was a play, would it be more palatable? Because it's just talking. There's literally no action. It's not even really particularly violent when they get zapped. Um, they just sort of fall down. Early on, you see that somebody's bleeding from their nose when they get zapped. But like, there's other reasons that that could be. It could be from falling down. Like, there's no real idea of what actually happens when someone gets zapped by the machine. Um, so not only are they kind of discussing, they they also uh, 
they really have a hard time and they struggle with staying on task because people are dying every two minutes, which is fair. Um, but one of the things that goes on is that they end up talking about, you know, who is the most, like who deserves to live the most based on like kind of just arbitrary parameters. But then it kind of also moves into like, if somebody's going to get out of here, who deserves to get out of here the most, which then turns to not as much who people are intrinsically, but who they have waiting for them kind of outside of this situation. You know, who's married, who has children. There's two people who are who uh, are married, who are early on are like, this is my wife, please to don't kill other. her. To each other, yes. Lots of people are married to someone outside. Um, and then there's kind of a conversation where it's like, well, who has the most children? You know, there's this guy who has like seven kids, but then it kind of quickly turns into like, what's stopping you from lying? You know, like who who in this room is going to know if you have children or not? It's a, it's a completely useless argument. And then as they start to learn more about each other, you know, people's prejudices start to come out, which is, this is when I was like, you people are fucking idiots. Because yes, if you don't speak up, there's a risk that somebody could target you. Or there's a risk that you could just get randomly killed by the machine. But every time somebody starts to talk a little bit too much, it turns out that they're like a virulent racist. And then they immediately get killed. Or homophobe. Or homophobe. There's a cop. The cop sticks around for longer than you would expect. The homophobic business guy sticks around forever. He doesn't, he dies the second he starts being a homophobe though. No, but he stays there for so long. He stays there for a long time because there's people, the people who start speaking up really quickly. What, what, what happens pretty consistently is that somebody starts speaking up. They're making a lot of sense. People rally behind them because it's exciting to have someone be like, someone can, is going to think about this and it's not going to be me. I'll just follow whatever this person's saying. You can clearly see like who the leaders are. But then what happens a lot of the time is that the reason that these people are leaders is because they're assholes. Like this lawyer guy who starts talking a lot is like fucking evil. And then they kill him the second that they realize that he's a homophobe and is trying to target this lesbian. You're going to kill me just because I have an opinion? Yeah, there are lots of people like that. And there's a guy who quickly, the cop quickly calls out this criminal who he knows, who is like, that man beats his wife. I arrested him for beating his wife. So they kill the wife beater making the cop kind of the hero in that situation. But then very quickly, the cop starts to get racist, so they kill him too. There's this college student kid who very quickly takes over. He's clearly like, he's had this argument in his college philosophy class like so many times. They kill him because he starts to get a little bit too bossy. I just want to say really quickly that none of these characters have names. That is why we're calling them as such. It's not that, there's not 50 named characters. They're all just like... Occasionally, they name themselves. Early on, they try to have a conversation where they're like, tell us about yourself so that maybe we'll understand why this is happening to us. And people will start to talk about themselves. But then most of those people end up dying. I don't think we end up knowing any of the named characters by the end. I do think that something interesting starts to happen here. Which is what? Uh, Well, the conversation starts to turn to the pregnant woman and the child. You think that's when it gets interesting? I think that's what ruins the movie. The movie becomes about whether or not, one, whether or not the pregnant woman or the child, the Mm six-year-old, deserve to walk out of here. If one person's walking out of here, which one of them should it be? Because obviously it should be one of them, says one person. Says one person, yes. And And then then they realize that with the way that ties happen, if two people tie, one of them gets randomly selected to die. So they're like, okay... Now, what's and this is the theory. They don't actually know any of this for certain, but they start to theorize that what that means is that if they get to the end and all of them do the right thing and they all 
vote each other off and they leave the child and the pregnant woman because they're the ones who deserve to live the most. If they leave, the, if they let them both live until the very end, then they, then one of them will die. And like what proceeds from that point is that like, they don't know how to answer that question of like, what would be better or worse in that situation. So then it turns into like two groups of people where one of them is like, it doesn't matter. We just have to get to the end and let that play out because we can't kill a child or a pregnant woman leading up to that point. It doesn't matter that, that that's the end of this, that that's what you can see. We're not killing either of them before we get to that point. Let's call them the optimists. Sure, that's great. That's a, that's a perfect way to describe them because that is absolutely what they are. They're like people who are like, it doesn't matter. We're not killing either of them. End of story. And then there's the group of people who are like, no, we have to see the end of that conversation. We have to have that conversation because that's the end of what we're talking about. And if we just keep voting each other off, like we're not thinking about the actual future. And not just that, but this second group, the selfish people. Yes. The pragmatists or the uh, pessimists. Let's call them the pragmatists. Yeah. Have decided, actually, we're all humans and we all have equal value in our lives, which means a pregnant woman and a child don't deserve to live more than I do. Right. Well, that's if only one of us is getting out of here. Well, that ends up, because people die, that ends up being the prevailing opinion. Yes. It's it's between the group of people who think the person who get out should not be part of a special group, i.e. pregnant or child Mm -hmm. or black or white, like people who believe in equality and therefore we should not be saving the pregnant woman Mm -hmm. and the child. And the optimists who are like, no, we have to get one of them out. So they start, it becomes a numbers game of who's on whose side and who can we kill. Which I do think that this is funny. Like, in an interesting funny? way. Uh, it makes I think, you laugh? I think the way that they... Uh-huh. Kind of. Because I think the way that these people are like, we can't face what what this actually means or what we're actually doing. We have to kind of like think above it. And start playing this like it's a numbers game is is really I actually do find it interesting. I find it amusing because it to me represents just an inability to deal with what's actually happening. Because yes, it starts it starts to not even be about people anymore. It's like who's on whose side, and if they can have seven versus six, and if they all vote for the child, then they'll be okay. And then like some people end up randomly dying, and then they get all excited because they're like, I have more people on my side. And then it comes out that like the two people pretending to be married are not they're not actually they're not married. They they're pretending they did that so that they could like develop sympathy. develop sympathy and be a team and it, the i just think the way that it all ends up happening i was genuinely like i'm not gonna say on the edge of my seat but i was like invested that's what's interesting is that you found that compelling because again i'm i'm, I'm not trying to just dunk on this movie for the sake of it i do think that it's central conceit is pretty dumb and like the way that it plays out being just like this extended conversation about ethics, I found pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. But I also was not compelled. I found it like interminably boring. I was just like, please stop bickering and let's get to the end here. I can't believe that. Like, It's a 90 minute movie that felt like two and a half hours to me. Mm-hmm. I was so frustrated by the fact that it turns into an us versus them and... Do you just think? Re- yeah, just like, I have a not compelling. For you. Do you think there's a way for them to do this movie that where you would like it on stage? I was literally that was my next question. <laughs> I don't feel like I see a difference between a movie that should be a play 
or a play that should be like I don't I don't differentiate between those things a story is a story to me but I think you care a lot more about filmmaking than I do and this movie has no filmmaking it is not doing anything in terms of actual skill of film and justifying itself as a movie versus a play or like a short story I also think standing or sitting as an audience member in a room with these people having these conversations does feel different I might also find it just like interminable and exhausting as a play. Mm-hmm. I've seen some plays that are posing high school or college level ethics questions in the form yeah. of a play, and I hate them as Do well. Do you like 12 Angry Men? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's more interesting. And I think the reason 12 Angry Men works, which it does, is because the performances are so good. I was going to, yeah. And I none also of the think performances that's... in this movie are good. I said that uh, to you while watching this movie is that I think that if the little, specifically the little girl actress, I think that if she was a great actress, if she was like one of our, you know, great child actors, I think this movie would be like probably five times better. Yeah, but because like, but she's nothing. She like they did not care about casting someone good, so she's not she doesn't she has barely any lines. She just cries a lot whenever she gets picked. Um like whenever because there's a lot of times where she ties. This is where I found it actually compelling is that every time They'd be having this argument and they would like, they have to have this art, these arguments at the speed of light because it's two minutes. So they're all talking and people are getting like really confused. I was putting myself in this situation and being like, I wouldn't even be able to follow what you people are talking about. And they take advantage of that by just being like, you, you're good. Okay, vote, vote for us. Vote for her. Vote for her. Like they just start yelling at each other. And I can see how some people get very overwhelmed by this. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. Like they don't know how to respond. They're not actually able to think this through at, the, at that level of speed. And... Every time it would come up where they'd be having this argument and they'd be talking and it would end up being like the child or someone else. There's a point where like the optimist group is very much led by this like army guy. Yeah. And um, he, there's a point where like he's arguing like this whole thing and then his opposers start, start yelling at everybody and the next pick is a tie between him and the little child. And that's like... I find that interesting because I don't, I don't, as an audience member, want either of them to die. And now one of them absolutely has to. And like. I think you have to buy in much more than I did to. Sure. I definitely bought in. I definitely bought in and I definitely like. If this had a Henry Fonda, maybe I would have, you know. Sure. But like, I felt like there was, I mean, it has Julie Benz is the only person I know from this. She's Darla from Angel. Um, And I just like felt like I had nothing to latch on to. I was. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. I do think that the ending of this movie is absolutely the worst part of it. I think we should talk about the ending it's because garbage. We didn't talk about what they theorized throughout, which is that this is an alien experience. Oh yeah, we forgot to talk about that because there's one where they're like, "This guy's like, I remember waking up and I remember being probed and I remember like seeing." But them. he's probably lying. But he's probably lying. They're I, all, no they're all trying to lie to like extend their time and not get voted out. Um, but the only, but there's no other theory presented. Nobody's like, it's the jigsaw killer or like something like that. Does nobody think it's like a government thing? No. Hmm. So you're right that there's no reason for us to believe that this guy's talking about his experience and these bodies he saw piled up. Yeah. Like we have no reason to believe it's true, but there's no other theory. So at some point it's I like. I think they do bring it up because they talk to the army guy and they're like, you, oh, you probably, would know something, you know about, something this. about this. And he's like, and no, he's like I don't. no, I don't. Yeah. Um, I think you're also talking that he would know about aliens because... Specifically a government cover-up of aliens. Correct. Anyway, they've decided it's aliens in the end of the movie. Do you want to talk about the... I think we should talk six, about... Six, four, three, whatever, like... 
I what? Like the last few people. Sure. Yes. Do you so, want to? You think that that's interesting I for the don't, listener? N- only the last three. Okay. The last three, three is where where we really get because there, there's a, the leader of the optimists. This he was not the leader. There was a point where he takes a big be- step back. But he, he becomes was, the leader of the optimists. He was after the army guy dies. Yes. But he's been he's been there the whole time. He's been very present. He was the first person to bring up that he thinks the pregnant woman and the child like should be the last one standing. And the leader of the pessimists was his first attractor to be like, yep. no, only one of them can live. So that means we should absolutely kill one of them first. Yep. Um, but he's very quiet. He's a white guy and there's a lot of them in there. And most of them die quickly because they run their mouths too much. This guy like really pulls back and has a lot. He knows exactly like when to talk and be the one who's like, but let's think about at the end of the day, what we're doing here. And he's very like, logical and pragmatic and i don't it ends up that the the bottom four are the child the pregnant lady him and the number one detractor and the lead optimist and the lead the lead optimist and the pessimist yeah and the pregnant woman and the lead and the, and the pessimist vote for he tries he tries to get them to be on his side but like doesn't don't work so he dies so it's the just the three matter. of them left and We've had some people sacrifice themselves. That's happened. So we know that that can happen. There was like a whole conversation yeah. at one point about who should sacrifice themselves. You do that by stepping out of the circle. Yes. You could always step out and get, and kill yourself. And, and several that, people do. And that resets the timer because... Oh, you know who's actually in the bottom four, though? Isn't it? Is it not... Um, it's the silent guy. The silent guy. And there was that was an interesting choice to include that. Don't go off the rails. Okay, fine. I want to talk about him later because I think it was interesting. Um... He starts talking to them and they only have these two minutes and he, he presumably you think at this point he's going to sacrifice himself because this is what he's been leading advocating for is leading to is like, I'm going to get myself to have them both saved and then they can make whatever choice they want. But I'm all that matters is getting to this point. So he and the little girl are going to step out at the same time. And they decided yes, the he convinces her that he's that it's like, this is actually the best thing to do because this pregnant woman like. She's pregnant. She has a baby. Like, we, we need to save her. And he's like, you'll be a hero. You'll, you know, I, you're, you're so brave. Let's do it together. So they step out at the same time. The moment that she goes to step out, she gets her foot just enough out of the circle that the, it's like about to zap her. And the moment the that she does it, the main optimist votes for the pregnant lady and they both die. The movie should end here, in my opinion. That's it does it. not. It does not. He's like, what Two now? very dumb things happen, which is that he's like, okay, I did it. It's a, it is, I was genuinely surprised. Were you surprised? Yeah. I did not. I, I was did not genuinely surprised. It. it is gutting. There was a moment it's early on gutting. where I was like, I Why think it's it gutting. gutting. Because he is such a manipulator. He, he's the kind of person that really scares me. All of the, all the other people in this who like, again, like I, like I said, there's a lot of people who are like, I'm a great leader. And then they start running their mouths and you're like, oh no, you're a fucking idiot. And then they die immediately because they're so stupid and cannot right. shut up. This guy had this plan from the very beginning and manipulated every single person and won. And that is so scary to me. I genuinely think that kind of person is terrifying. Sure. So he's I, like, again, I was surprised by it. Yeah. So he's like, get me out of here. I did it. But then he realizes that because the pregnant woman has landed inside of the circle, uh, her baby is still alive. So now he has to like vote for the baby. And he does. So I don't even know why they included that. I think that if, if they were going to include that moment, 
then he should, that should be the one thing that stops him. Like maybe that's his line is actually having to kill this baby. Just real but quick. But it doesn't. So this movie is... It takes Pro-life, a, yes. It takes a firm stance on uh, when life begins. Yeah. At and least, I mean, you know, I think that the government, that's the government's stance as well as at her specific time period. We don't know how pregnant she, she is. Couldn't, she could not get an abortion at that point. Anywhere, uh, anywhere sure. probably. Anyway, um, it's a really dumb It's detail. a very dumb ending. Very, very stupid. Because, again, he just does it. Like, I don't even think there's a reason to include it because he... He votes for the unborn child. Yeah. Yeah, he does it. And I don't know if that's the suggestion is then that that you have to. That's the line he has to draw. Yeah. It would would also be dumb, but at least it would be saying something. It'd be be taking a stance and him just killing it is like, I just don't know why why even include it. Because it's a bad movie. They're not very good. Okay, but that's my point. It's a bad choice. It's a dumb choice to do. That's not the end of the movie. Um, No, it's not. Uh, He then, he does it. Then he gets zapped down. You did it. Now you're the last one standing. He wakes up at the LA River. Yes. He like starts walking around. He realizes that like there that he, there's a big ship in the sky. Are they everywhere? Yeah, there's yeah, a there's, bunch of spaceships. There's a bunch of spaceships everywhere. They're and he, circles. Yeah. <laughs> they're all circular. And he walks over to a group of presumably other survivors and then they stand there and they watch the ships together. Yeah, I I think the only interesting thing about that is the fact that you see the makeup of the survivors. Of uh, the survivors. So again, the implication is this experiment happened to a lot of people. Possibly and everyone. Maybe everybody Possibly in the, the world. whole earth. Yeah. Maybe just all of LA. Maybe just this maybe. neighborhood. Who knows? They were all on the freeway at the time that they blacked out. Yeah, it, it is like um, geographical. Anyway, it's a lot of pregnant women and children. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. If there's anything that's really interesting in this movie, it's that it's saying that people will tend to make this same choice. And there are a few... Groups. Uh, there are men there who are like clearly manipulated their way out of it, probably, mm-hmm. or they're just weren't. Or they were in an office building that didn't have a lot of pregnant women and children in it. Like yeah. it, it is geographical, so you are going to find groups. Are oh, you saying pregnant women can't work? At that, uh, yes, you can, but not a lot. She was driving. If you're in an office building, there's going to be a lot more people who are not pregnant than a lot of people who are pregnant. Is my point. Sure, I was making, I was teasing. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only interesting thing. And then it's a cut to black and that's the end of the movie. Yes. Yes. So the suggestion perhaps that like, even though his group, this evil person ended up winning through manipulation and cruelty. Is evil? You, is that how you feel? I, yes. Again, because I think that that's why. I refuse to buy into this movie's premise and have a conversation with you about the ethics of this. But I think it's very interesting that you think that he's evil. Because he's so cold. Because to have the ability, again, to look into everyone's eyes the way that he does and manipulate them. I mean, that's like true, like being a true psychopath. He might be a psychopath. I don't know that it means that he's evil. I think it's pretty evil to do what he did. Or is anybody evil or is any person really evil? I don't know. Like I, I'm saying that slightly facetiously, but as I said earlier, he scares me more than the racist. I think and he the definitely cop. You has know, psychopathic tendencies for he, sure. He, that kind of person is capable of so much and it really freaks me out. They're capable of winning the game, the circle game. Yes, and they're capable of running the world and doing evil stuff to people because they are charming and persuasive. Yeah. And that again, that is the shit that really scares me more than these idiots who run their mouths and get themselves killed because everyone knows they're dumb. Do you feel like this movie has something really worthwhile to say? Because it sounds like in, you do. In and that's the end, perhaps if it is saying that, like, 
again, I was upset when he won. That bothered me because there was a point like about five minutes before where I was like, oh my God, if he's evil, I'm going to be so sad because then it's like they did all this and he won. And that is terrible for humanity. (laughs) That's really a bad look for humanity that in this kind of microcosm of people, people tried to work together. People tried to to bond, people tried to save innocent lives. And this man, who has no interest in any of those things beyond saving himself, wins. That is bad for humanity. That is like a all that's an argument for all people are evil. And then the fact that when he leaves and he comes upon these groups of pregnant women and children, of people who chose not to do that, groups that did sacrifice themselves to save an innocent life, that actually maybe humanity isn't that bad. Maybe they're not doomed. Maybe like There is some goodness in the world. And that message, it's not deep. It's not unique. But yes, I do appreciate that message more than humanity is doomed. You're all selfish and you all just want to kill each other. We don't know what's going on, though. We have no reason why, no idea why this is happening. No reason to believe that, like, they're supposed to restart. Like, who knows that they're not going to have to play the circle game again? Of course. They might have to play the circle game again. And and it's 75% women and children. I'm glad they didn't, um answer questions about these aliens or That's whatever fine. they are. I think, that it's, saying... I think that it's good to be like, they have all these debates about like, are we starting over the earth? Are they just trying to study us? Are they just trying to like understand who we are? I are don't they... like that it's aliens at all. Just keep it ambiguous. Sure. Don't, don't show me I flying saucers. I don't know saucers. that they've... Uh, I guess if you consider the flying saucers absolutely meaning they're aliens. What would you call them? You think it's a government experiment uh, that includes flying saucers? Could be. I don't... I Okay. Fair enough. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't think there's any... They, there, you never see an alien. You never see any kind of alien language. Here's you never get any kind of sense. I thought at one point, and there's no proof that this didn't happen, I thought at one point that these people didn't even die. But this is what I'm saying. I knew you were going to bring that up, and I was going to bring it up for you. Okay. I think that we are following the logic of the film, which when it shows us someone zapped and they collapse and they get dragged away, that we assume that they've died. And does everybody it, does. It, does it mean that they've died? Yeah. But, like, the film is telling us that they're off the board, and I think it's a fair assumption for the viewer to make. Absolutely. When the film shows us flying saucers, I think it's a fair assumption that it means that the alien theory that was purported earlier by someone who said he saw them, we believed he was lying at the time, now Mm -hmm. it seems like he's probably not lying. It seems like they are aliens. It's just Occam's razor that, like, why yes. why bend yourself into knots to think that it's something other than what they Of course not. Like. But if you're saying that your main problem with the movie is that it's aliens, and I'm saying you could choose to believe something different Real if quick. you wanted to. That's not my main problem with the movie. My main problem okay. with the movie is that I don't think it justifies its own existence. I think it's having really asinine conversations about, like, what life means that I, as, like, in my 30s, am not interested in listening to. I felt like a sober person in a party full of drunk people watching this movie, just being like, God, I wish that I wasn't sitting here listening to this conversation. I have another question for you. Do you feel like there's a way to have this conversation where it's interesting? Or do you, or does this whole premise just not interest you? Maybe the whole premise doesn't interest me. Because I like, I genuinely don't know what else you talk about. I don't want to have this conversation (laughs) with you. If this was happening. I'm not interested in this conversation. Like, oh, sure. I don't begrudge the characters in this situation having the conversation. I just don't want to watch it. Sure. I find it really, like, again, asinine, and, uh, again, there's no way to resolve it. Especially with this two-minute clock. Eventually, I, somebody's going to win, and, and it's I just a waste of time. And I think that's why it, it interests me. Yeah. I honestly think that what you just said is why I'm like, yeah, because 
the people who are in this situation did not choose to be in this situation. People in philosophy classes chose to be there and, and desire to have those conversations. So they should bring something more interesting to the table. These are people plucked off the freeway. And I think the conversations they have, and again, the fact that it isn't a debate the entire time about who deserves to live right. and who deserves to die. The fact that it turns into like, all we can do is create teams and win via voting. And like, I just think that that, I think that there are some genuinely interesting things happening there. And again, I think that what happened over and over again, people's desire to be like, I need to speak up. Honestly, this is like (laughs) some lore for you guys about uh, me and Evan. Uh, Every year we play Mafia at our Christmas party. And that's what this reminded me of. And I love that game. I'll play Mafia every day for my whole life. And there is something very funny and fun to me about having that conversation over and over again where it's like, oh my God, you're lying because you said that thing and you came for me last time. So I'm going to come for you this time. And you start to create weird alliances based off absolutely nothing. Like not even based off of like, who deserves to live and who deserves to die purely based off like you said something mean to me. And so I'm going to now be on the other side because I don't like you anymore. And like, I think that that is fun to watch people devolve into that kind of like experience, like that kind of conversation and that kind of like loyalties and, you know, uh, they don't have that much time to, to figure out these things, you yeah. know, it's not like they have 50 minutes to actually sit down and talk through like who should live and who should die. They have two minutes and they have to kill someone every single time. And I, I just find that those conversations that came out of that to be compelling. I don't think that the movie itself is good. As we discussed performances, bad. The script could be better. Like, I'm not in any way saying that this is a good movie. And as I said at the beginning, I don't think that Mm -hmm. anybody should watch it. But there is something about it that, like, compels me always because I do think these kinds of conversations and these sorts of situations that you put people in are interesting. You know, it's like a really big saw trap, just not as violent. See, and the thing that works about saw is that it's, like, gnarly, unabashedly horror, you know... Sure. Fucked up challenging movie. And I think that that is like maybe the difference. Not that I don't like those things about Saw, but one of my favorite Saw traps are always when you have to make some kind of philosophical decision. You know, there's that employer who has to choose like which of his employees to kill. And there's people who have to be like, which is worse, me taking this part of my body off or me yeah. taking this part of my body off? And, and I like, that's interesting to me. I can't put my finger on why when John Kramer or I don't know his first name, Hoffman. Hoffman. He has a first name. I don't remember what it is. No one or when, knows. Like, when Hoffman does that, it intrigues me. And when it's aliens, it doesn't. But for that's some fair. reason, that's true. I think that's fair. We love Hoffman. He's a maniac. <laughs> He's a maniac. We love John Kramer. Yes. Um, They're maniacs. They're humans. Would this, would this compel you more if this was humans who did this? It absolutely would. Yeah. I don't know. I, there's just something about it. The tone is wrong. The conversation doesn't work for me. Yeah. I didn't have fun. And that's a bummer. I do think it's interesting, the questions of if there's a, a way for this to work for you at all. I, think I don't know. I, I think that's interesting. You want to talk about this, the quiet guy? We don't have to spend too much time on it. It's just an, it's an interesting question for me because 
as I said earlier. He doesn't talk the whole time. That's it. There's one man. Yes, there's one man who does not speak the entire time. Does he not makes vote. it to top four or five. I think four. And there's a point where the main guy kind of manipulates, like the main optimist kind of manipulates the pessimist into maybe thinking that there's something deeper going on. Like I thought when they first brought him up that he was like a mole, that he was like an alien. And that's why he doesn't talk because he, uh, like if he talks, he'll speak some sort of scary alien alien language language and have like a big scary tongue or something. Um, as all like body snatchers do. Uh, but no, it's just it, and you know, you you never really learn what was going on with him, which I do think is actually again, I find that interesting that it's like there's people who don't speak English, and that's complicated, and there's people who, you know, don't talk because they are followers and they just never get the opportunity to like speak up, and no yeah. one ever calls on them, and most of them die randomly because they're not speaking up for themselves, and somehow this man makes it all this way and just never says a word, and they theorize at one point that it's like maybe he doesn't want to play their game, right? And it, it's the main optimist guy who's like maybe he just doesn't want to, you know, play their game, and maybe he's just he wants to stay true to himself, and it's like we don't. He, this man truly might not speak English. Like we do not know what's going on with him, and he then he just dies. And I like, I think that the decision to have him in that, similar to the baby, um, you know, question, it's like they don't do anything with it. So no. I'm curious why it was included, except that like I almost think maybe it's the right decision to not do anything with it. You know what I mean? You know what? I could buy into that. That it's okay to just have. Questions. World building and yeah. and questions like that and like if you're writing out a I don't know one to two line description of who all these fifty characters are and you just take this guy to the end I think that's totally fine I agree I'm totally on board with that and yeah. I'm and I'm interested in the idea like I said of people who don't say anything I think that like not saying anything same as when we play mafia it is that it can really help you. Or it can really screw you. Yeah. And it can really help you by by just keeping you off everyone's radar. Like I said, everybody who starts running their mouth <laughs> a little bit too much dies immediately because they say something dumb and then they die. Uh, this guy just like saying nothing means he gets to kind of float through. But you're taking the risk that because you don't speak up, somebody might just be like, kill that guy because he's not saying anything. But then he almost becomes this object of mystery. So then they don't want to kill him because they're like, what if he's the genius that's going to take this whole thing down? And then he's not. And like, I think that that's really, I think it's an interesting concept to be like, what if you just take that risk? I hear you. And say nothing and just hope you can get as far as you can. And and with the added benefit of never looking like an idiot, never being the fool never being the asshole who has to defend killing these this child you know like you won me over that it is the interesting thing this movie's doing cool glad i got you one 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 out of 50 one out of 50 are you ready to zap this film and drag it off by its hand yep why don't you pull up the roulette and we'll see if our luck will continue and we'll get a movie called square (laughs) square or if we'll roll uh, trapezoid trapecube i don't know why i just i just made up a shape all right, is it rhombus? Our next movie will be. How do you say this? Nor- Noroi. Noroi, the curse. Uh, two thousand five. It's on. Shutter. Shutter. Sure. Uh, the poster looks scary AF. This is an important piece of J horror that I have never seen. Oh, sick. Fun. I like that. I love J horror. 
That's all I know about it. It's a mockumentary or like a found footage movie. Oh, say no more in. <laughs> Norway, the curse. Fun. Love that. Very fun. I heard this is scary. I hope it is. Oh, I hope it is too. I love to be scared. Circle was not even the littlest bit scary in any way, shape, or form. There was nothing harrowing only, or terrifying about it in any capacity. Only in a dude in your MFA way. Yeah, literally. Only in like a conceptual, like, hope I never meet that man kind of way. <laughs> well, until Noroi, you can find us on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Come and talk to us on Twitter. And maybe we would tweet more because we'd be having conversations with our... (laughs) Our Twitter followers. Our Twitter followers. We love it. And be sure to tell your friends to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Mm -hmm. I know we only put on an episode once a month now, but... We're trying to do better. It's been an interesting start to this year. I'll I'll just say that. Lots of uh, ups and downs. Misadventures. (laughs) Misadventures. How's your broken finger? It's okay. (laughs) It's broken. (laughs) It's broken. (laughs) You know how it is. Yeah. Thanks, as always, to Wes Craven. And to Sidney Lumet, who made 12 Angry Men. Yeah, I was going to say, we should be thanking a 12 Angry Men person. (laughs) This would not exist without that, for better or for worse. And we could thank Henry Fonda. I think he's the reason that movie works, is he's such like a beacon of... I disagree, because I've seen it, uh, both the movie and, uh, and on stage, and I love the stage version so much. Well, who wrote it? Reginald Rose. I love that play. I think it's great. I saw it when I was a freshman in college and it blew my mind. Thanks to Reginald Rose for writing a play that I've never seen and a movie that I like. Thanks, Reg. All right. Until next time, everybody. Stay Stay spooky. spooky.